The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from queer high femme Lillian Rogers. You know how sometimes things are going really well and you're just like, why do I feel like this? It's good. It's a good thing. But at the same time, your heart's just kind of in a different place. So I'm going to tell you about a couple things that happened to me this week because y'all like to hear me ramble about my life, I'm told. I don't know. I'll never get over that one. It just amuses and confuses me so much. Well, my best friend Little P bought a house across the country. And our plan had been that we were probably going to do this together, but it wasn't supposed to happen yet. And... I'm not sure what to do. She made sure when she bought a place that it was a place that would have a space for me so that we could always be neighbors, be close to each other because right now I'm in San Francisco and she's in Oakland. And she went on a six-week fact-finding trip, which was supposed to be do a lot of research, look at a lot of houses. And somehow she got into this competition between these two different properties in upstate New York. If I'm honest, I was kind of rooting for the other one because it had this cottage that was four minutes down the road, which is great because it snows in upstate New York and then you can walk to your friend's house and make soup together or something. Snow won't stop you. But it turned out when they finally got inside that adjoining properties, um, the adjoining properties tenant had been uh, gotten addicted to meth during the pandemic and had pulled all the floorboards up and done a lot of really destructive things. And though Lil P tried to get them to agree to make a provision that would say, if we can't get that tenant out, then the deal is off for the second parcel. But they wouldn't agree to that because apparently it's Amish country and Mennonites come in with giant bags of cash to swoop in and buy the property. And even though they loved P and they wanted to sell it to her, they thought they could make more money at the auction with the Mennonites. I don't know, this is secondhand. (laughs) I don't know how it works, but Mennonites with bags of cash is an interesting visual, isn't it? So she continued her search when they didn't agree to that and she found a place in upstate New York that she really likes. It is, um, it's got a really beautiful house. It has a clubhouse for a golf course and an ice cream parlor. So my apartment would be the golf course clubhouse, I think. I don't know. This is what I'm told. I saw pictures. It's interesting. 
It doesn't feel like an apartment. Maybe I just can't visualize it. But more than any of this, it's not really about the property. It's about the fact that Lil P is moving away. And the hard thing about that is I am a very extroverted person and Lil P is a very introverted person. And raising her to talk on the phone or getting her to respond to texts is often hard. So when we put this much distance and time zones and everything between us, I'm really concerned about how this is going to go. I'm not ready to leave San Francisco yet. I don't think she'd be ready to leave Oakland yet if it weren't for, you know, the offer was taken. She's, she's excited to move into a place of her own. She's been wanting to for years. So, um, yeah, I'm losing my best friend. I'm not sure of the timeline yet. I'm really sad about that. But last night I went and did something that was really fun. And it was very... Have y'all heard me talk about the re-wedding before? The re-wedding is my friends Jared and Justine. 13 years ago, they decided they wanted to have this big, over-the-top uh, wedding ceremony. And at the time, flash mobs were really in. They wanted to do it at this well-known San Francisco attraction. And it cost like $5,000 just to book the place to do your wedding there. They found a place in the calendar that there was no wedding in the middle of the summer. So we all staged a flash mob wedding together. And uh, it was really one of the most fun weddings. Everybody was coming to see this attraction in Golden Gate Park stopped to see what was going on. We invited them, we handed out invitations to the wedding. And every year since, they have had a re-wedding on their anniversary, that's what they do. It's for us, it's for the community. We all get together. And it's not so much about them as it is this opportunity to have this party. Every year has a different theme. And uh, since it was their 13th wedding anniversary, uh, last night they did a bar mitzvah because they're Jewish. And so we all got to experience a bar mitzvah. They said basically a bar mitzvah is like they tell you you become an adult. So it's a wedding for a 13 year old, they said. So we're gonna have a bar mitzvah for our wedding. Our friend Don officiated in a kilt and uh, everybody yelled mazel tov and we had great brisket and it was a beautiful celebration with their kids there and everybody else's kids there. Dogs, that's how you should do it, outdoors in a huge backyard. Every year we do this and another one of their friends gets to officiate the re-wedding. I got to officiate year eight. They decided they wanted to do something that was religious, but that everybody would show up like a religious figure, but that I was in charge. I was the one running the wedding. So I get to be a very unique figure. Nobody else could be what I was gonna be. And they decided I was gonna be the Pope. And I thought about it for a little while and went, I don't really feel like the Pope. I mean, I know nothing about Catholicism really. They didn't really have many Catholics in the Blue Ridge Parkway when I lived there. So, I mean, and white is not my favorite color. So I said, could I be something besides the Pope? And they said, who do you want to be? And I was talking to my friend Alexis, the one who made the Jack in the Box birthday cake for me a couple of months ago. And Alexis had said, what about the Virgin de Guadalupe? And, you know, the Virgin de Guadalupe that figurine looks like a vagina. So of course that's a natural go-to. Except she said, let's really rock the cleavage. Let's add a lot of jewelry. So she dressed me 
and it was one of the best costumes I've ever had. In fact, I won the Foxy Mary contest, you know, Hunky Jesus, Easter. I won Foxy Mary with that same costume because I was the Virgin de Guadalupe. I officiated over the priests and the Pastafarians and all of the other religions that showed up. And we did it on the steps of Grace Cathedral because when you start as a flash mob, you should just keep taking over public spaces that cost a lot of money. And while this year's rewedding was much more subdued, it's one of those rare opportunities you have that you know you're gonna see your friends on the same day every year. It's such a beautiful ceremony. And anybody who sees the pictures, we've had sad clown weddings. We've had so many different kinds of weddings over the years. People see it and go, that is brilliant. And so they want you to know, if you wanna do that every year for your anniversary, throw a re-wedding. They encourage you to do it. It's a great way to bring your friends together to celebrate instead of going to a restaurant and having an anniversary dinner. Throw a party with your friends every year. What a great way to celebrate love. Not just the love with you and one other person, but you and everyone else. It's a party for your friends. And I think it's pretty fucking brilliant. If pleasure is a priority in your life, your sexual health should also be top of mind. Getting tested regularly and knowing your STI status protects you and your partners. And now you can discreetly test at home with Everly Well. Everly Well's at-home lab tests can give you more clarity, confidence, and well-being with their over 30 at-home lab tests. You get physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so you can take action on your health and wellness, all at an affordable and transparent cost. Everly Well ships your at-home lab tests straight to you with everything needed for a simple sample collection. You use the prepaid shipping label, mail your test back to a certified lab, and in just days, your physician-reviewed results and actionable insights are sent to your device. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide your next steps. Everly Well's food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, and thyroid are just a few of their many options. And their STI test discreetly allows you to test seven types of STIs, all from the privacy of your own home. I love learning about my body and my health, thanks to Everly Well. I've done both the food sensitivity and the metabolism test, and all in all, it was a pretty cool experience. And for listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com Dixie. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well with their at-home lab testing. So go to everlywell.com Dixie for 20% off your at-home lab test. Friday, July 22nd is our last body until late September, and this is going to be a great one. Have you ever thought about what it would be like if you were surrounded by people who just wanted to help you make your fantasies come true? Well, I'm doing a collaboration with the Bonobo Network so that you can hear stories of exactly that. People who knew that they were surrounded by friends and fuck buddies who really wanted to make it all happen. These stories are a little wild, y'all. And I think you're going to love them. So I hope you can make it to the live show or the live stream. The theme of the night is one of us. And storytellers include Bonobo Tribe co-producer Misha Bonaventura, Trish Wright, Scobie, author R.A. Frick, and musical act Michael Martinez. You may have seen Michael Martinez in Rachel Lark's Coming Soon the Musical a few months ago. This is it. 
We're not going to be back till September 25th. So make sure you get your ticket as soon as possible. There's a link in the show notes. I want to tell you about this cool health product I've learned about recently. It's called Fume. You know, like with an umlaut over the U. Fume is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and more natural way to quit cigarettes. It's a no-smoke, no-vape, and no-nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. If you're a smoker, I want you to know I care about you and your health, and I'd love to see you quit. I mean, I grew up in the country where everyone around me smoked. My mother smoked for a lot of her life. I watched my grandmother struggle with emphysema. I watched them battle that addiction. And I know quitting is tough, but Fume really can help. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores infused with plant oils studied to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer with minty notes to simulate menthol cigarettes and other flavors like cozy chai for a sweeter experience. And all of their flavors are 100% natural. No harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who've tried everything else, and what worked for them was fume. When you think of all the places that don't allow smoking out there, airplanes and restaurants and more, fume could help make your life simpler. Whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, or you have someone in your life that you wish would quit, Fume is the perfect tool for them. So head over to breathefume.com slash Dixie or use promo code D-I-X-I-E to save 10% off your entire order. That's right, 10% off when you head to B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash Dixie or use the code Dixie and quit naturally with Fume. This week's story came from the one and only time we took body storytelling to the Boston area. We performed in Somerville at a location who's been the only location who ever had a problem with bango. They thought it was um, a bit much. Usually the staff that works at the place that we play bango loves it and goes, when's that show coming back? Because I want to make sure I get on the schedule for that one. Those people are fun. But they found bango was a bit much for them. So we might need to find a new location the next time we go back to Somerville or Boston. If you have any ideas on that, I'd love to know it. But I still had a great time meeting everybody in that area because the people there are cool and smart as fuck. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Lillian Rogers is a queer high femme who currently hails from Mystic, Connecticut, where she runs her vintage company, Femme and Nest. She can frequently be found roaming the beach in the woods in non-hiking appropriate outfits with her partner and her dog sidekick Pigeon. Generally, Lillian is making art and trying really hard not to kill her oversized collection of begonias again. So glad I found this story. It was missing for a while, but it just appeared in the archives. This storyteller is Lillian Rogers. on my back in a darkened bedroom and I'm doing these really relaxing yoga breaths. Just basically the only time I do yoga. <laughs> Taking lots of deep breaths and Hozier is, is crooning in the background. <laughs> and between my thighs 
is my girlfriend, Nick. Now, Nick looks like Egret from Game of Thrones, if Egret were about this high, and had that cute little, like, shaved undercut that all the little baby dykes have. She's also built like an, uh, an Olympic women's gymnast in that she has really broad shoulders and no hips and really small hands, which is good news for me. Because at this moment, she is working her hand into my vagina. And as she's doing this, just as, you know, the, the knuckles slide past that opening, two of her roommates walk into the kitchen. Now, this no wouldn't normally be an issue, except we are only separated by the kitchen by a set of wooden folding screens, because apparently, for college students, four-walled bedrooms are passe. <laughs> so, we make eye contact. <laughs> and, and she puts, puts a finger to her lips, and I nod. We're going we're gonna to soldier on, and, and it's going to be really quiet because there are two people four feet away from my head. And we can do it, I think. And then she folds her hand, and I think, crap, this is really hard to be quiet. And then two more people walk into the kitchen. And we know that this has happened because this occurs. Hey! Hey! All right. More eye contact, more nodding. We're doing it, we're doing it. And, um, and then three more people walk into the kitchen. <laughs> and then five more people walk into the kitchen. And at this point, we're laughing silently. <laughs> because people just keep streaming in for some unknown goddamn reason. And we're just trying to have sex. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and so, I, I am laughing so hard, there are tears streaming down my face. And I, I shake my head at her, and she sh shrugs. Okay, all right. And um, at the same time, she, she makes a movement to sort of re retrieve her hand. And uh, her eyes get really wide. And it takes me about a second to realize that my girlfriend's hand is stuck inside my vagina in the middle of a college party. Fuck. I love fisting. I wish... People had more conversations about fisting. I love fisting because it is a unique set of sensations. First, there's openness. And then, there's vulnerability. And then, there's fullness. And then, there's trust. So, and the orgasms are just fucking incandescent. They're so good. And so, <laughs> Nick is losing a little bit of patience with me. <laughs> because I'm laughing and that's not helping. 
we're both supposed to be helping in this situation. And um, so, so uh, it took about 45 minutes. Her hand did eventually regain all of its feeling. Some people have a mind like a steel trap. Apparently I have a vagina like a steel trap. Thank God for pelvic floors. Anyway, um, so when Nick and I broke up, I was devastated. I felt so empty and the way, the, the way that I dealt with that emptiness was to hole up in my favorite bar, the GCB. It is, uh, it is enthusiastically air-conditioned. It is dark and it is full of surly, surly dude bartenders. It is my kind of place. I read, I drank a bourbon, and I basically argued with those bartenders till the small hours of the morning, several nights a week for six weeks, and then I reclaimed the holy grail of queer dating and went back on OkCupid. Okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, and um, immediately I saw this really cute person and she lived in Boston and I was like, okay, I can do that. I'm from Connecticut, it only takes an hour. Um, I was living in Providence at the time, by the way. It's only an hour away, FYI. Um, and so, and so I, I saw the pictures of her and she, she looked like Ann B. Davis who played Alice on the Brady Bunch. If Alice was super cute and super curvy and really geeky and queer. Yeah. So. Um, I knew, I knew, I saw that like big magnetic grin and I knew that I had to meet her. So um, on our first date, I took her to the GCB, my, my bat cave as it were. And um, she got an IPA and I exchanged surly words with the bartenders and I got a Lambeck. And then we, we went and sat down on this, this couch that has seen way too many college student asses over the years. They should really replace that thing. And um, we started to open up a little bit, as you do sometimes on a first date. And it turns out she was going through a divorce. And I, I was still, you know, I was trying to prove to myself that I was alive again by going on this date. But really, I was, I was going through some stuff too, right? And so um, we, we had this great talk. And... I just was having feelings. I didn't want to have the feelings, God damn it. These feelings are hard. And she kissed me goodnight. And as I was trying to go to sleep that night, I kept thinking about her smile. And I thought, what the goddamn fuck universe? I was not ready for this. Fuck you. And so the first time we had sex, um, I brought an overnight bag to Boston. I wasn't staying overnight. <laughs> and I laid all of the sex toys out on the bed. And I was sort of going through the, the like spiel, like this is great for this, and this is great for this. And she said, what are the gloves for? And I explained. I love latex gloves. I love the feel. I love the look. I love that little snap you get. Pull it on. And so we, um, 
She says, I've never done that before, but I really want to, which is an exciting response to get when you're like, hi, I like hands in my vagina, like whole hands. <laughs> so I lay back, things are very sexy, and she's working two fingers and then three fingers, and then four fingers, and I've got my sex educator hat on, so I'm like ready to make the gesture to show the transition moment. And just as I raise my hand, she slipped right inside me. And then my mind goes blank. And she looks up at me and she grins. <laughs> and all I can picture in my head is the moment when the prince slips the glass slipper onto Cinderella's foot. And that moment was more than two years ago at this point, and we got married in April. And now all I know is every part of me that felt empty now feels full. How you feel? Isn't it great when it's over? I love it when it's over. <laughs> you hold your breath the whole time, just going, I can't believe I'm telling this stuff to a room full of strangers. And then you guys come up at the break and you go, oh my God, that was incredible. I love to get fisted too. And they have, they feel like you guys are the right people.
That was Give Me What I Want by Miley Cyrus. I was recently reading this article about the moth, you know, the granddaddy of personal narrative storytelling, so well respected. And someone had written down in the comments on this article, for anyone who is interested in an adult version, I cannot recommend body storytelling highly enough. The live show, which is the brainchild of the fabulous Dixie Della Tour, recently celebrated its 15th anniversary, and the stories are consistently high quality and compelling. The weekly podcast showcases one story and is a good way to get a feel for body or enjoy the show if you can't attend live performances. Man, that felt good. But did you know there wouldn't even be a body podcast if not for the people who support us at Patreon? They did this because they wanted to hear these stories all over the world. I let them lead me. I followed their lead and I made this thing because they asked for it. And I want to keep making this podcast. If you become a member of our Patreon now, you can ensure that this never goes away. And if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, it's really easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com body and select the tier and rewards that you want. For just a few bucks a month, you can help me reach people all over the world with our uniquely sex-positive stories, messages, and education. I want everyone to have access to the sort of acceptance and love that people find here with us at Body. It's essential that we reach people through our podcasts and live streams because the world needs more open conversations about sex and kink. I want you to know that whoever you are, whoever you love, you should be celebrated. And there's a place for you. It's here in the Body community. We have done a lot of live streams, both on Zoom and at our live shows. And you know where those live stream replays live? They're on Patreon. So you can have access to not just the upcoming live stream, but past live streams too. Sign up at the $10 a month level or greater right now and you can get a free live stream ticket to our monthly shows every time they happen. Joining now means you want this life-changing mission of self-love, knowledge, and empathy to continue. And who knows, maybe even flourish and grow. Thanks for listening and go to patreon.com slash body right now to become a member. Well, that's all our time for this week. Before we go, could I ask you to review this podcast? Subscribing, rating, and reviewing makes a huge difference for us, and we want more people to discover the podcast. I'm going to be speaking at Podcast Movement in August, and I hope to learn lots of tips and tricks on how to make the podcast better. But in the meantime, your good word of mouth makes a huge difference for body. And I want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Mosa Maxwell-Smith, David Grossoff, Donald Mooney, Ruben Tan, and podcast producer Roman Den Houdeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 235. Wow, how did that happen? Of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Oh,